weekend every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Welcome aboard. You're tuned in to David Essel Alive, 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Thank you so much for hanging in here and being a part of our program with all the options you have on a weekend. To know that you're sharing this time with us is absolutely wonderful, and we appreciate it. Broadcasting live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, for our XM246 listeners and streaming worldwide at TalkDavid.com for everyone else. It's all about moving forward in life. It's taking care of the issues at hand. It's letting go of resentments. It's taking care of yourself physically, spiritually, mentally, in your relationships, It's being more alive in life as our theme song group, Cruella. I wonder if they actually like made that song thinking of us. I bet they did. I bet the odds are they did. (laughs) 1-800-548-8255. Coming up in a couple minutes, Dr. Debbie is back. We love Dr. Debbie. Dr. Debbie is back talking about addiction to pain killers, addiction to pain pills. You know, in the state of Florida alone over the last several years, the rate of addiction to pain pillars has increased dramatically. And a lot of that is because of the social use of pain pills. And we'll talk about what is the euphoric effect of pain pills. And then what about for people that really need pain medicine? What about for them? Like, what if they become addicted? Are there alternatives? And how do you know you're addicted to pain pills? Like, is there a certain number if the doctor says take one every six hours? Like, if you take two, is that okay? But if you take three, are you an addict? We'll find out from Dr. Debbie. And then, how do you clean up? Are there alternative healing methods that could really eliminate a lot of the pain that would have nothing to do with pain medicine if you're addicted to them? Well, if anyone knows, Dr. Debbie knows. So we'll be finding out from her in just a couple of minutes. Don't forget also... Join us. Like our page, David Essel Alive. Like our page seven days a week. We post on Facebook, the Facebook page, David Essel Alive. Seven days a week, we post free motivational tips, stories, videos, so that you can stay inspired. Every interview we do, including the one with Dr. Debbie today, is archived on our websites, talkdavid.com. You can go click on the XM logo and listen to hundreds and hundreds of hours of positive talk radio. And if you want to listen to the show right now on your text, on your, uh, your smartphone, your iPhone, your Android, join our text club. Just go to talkdavid.com, click on the XM link, scroll down the page, and it'll say David Essel Live Text Club. Join it, it's free. And you will have a link sent to you so that you can listen to the show live on your smartphone. 1 800. 548 1-800-548-8255. Uh, Dr. Debbie is an assistant professor at New York uh, University School of Medicine and the director of international pain management for the Department of Veterans Affairs in New York. She's been on CNN, Dr. Oz, and more, and she is back as one of our favorite doctors in the world. Dr. Debbie, welcome. Thanks so much, David. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. Well, you know, so often, Dr. Debbie, we talk about love and relationships, and today we're actually going to talk about a love of yours. How did you get involved in the whole world of pain management? Uh, well, actually, I myself had been sick when I was 16. I had this illness that affected the heart and the lungs and the bone marrow. So 
I was in the hospital uh, in the ICU on and off for 30 days, and it took about eight months before I could go back to school. Uh, the hardest part of the whole thing actually was the pain, because at that time, this is a long time ago, people really yeah. didn't know much about pain or about its treatment, and especially in kids, there was definitely a fear of, you know, of giving kids painkillers. So I really just started thinking about how much pain affects people's lives, and then one thing led to another, and I kind of ended up in pain management. What are the most commonly abused painkillers that are prescribed today? What are, like, what are the two or the three most commonly abused ones? Vicodin and oxycodone are probably the most abused, maybe Tylenol number three. And the reason is because Vicodin, it actually it's short-acting, so people need to take more of it. But also because people were allowed to write refills or doctors could write refills for it, patients would get large supplies without having to get checked very often. Then oxycodone became more uh, more popular, so it can be short-acting form and also a long-acting form, which is known as oxycontin for oxy-continuous. Right, right, okay. And now you know what I heard, Dr. Devi, and, and I want to ask you this. I heard that a year or two years ago they started reformulating some of these medicines so that they were t- more time-released, and in that way, tell me if this is true, in that way, when people were, were becoming addicted three, four, five years ago when the surge hit, um, they were able to crush the pills and snort them, inject them, et cetera. And so then the drug manufacturers in association with many uh, physicians like yourself started to try to reformulate these medicines so that they would be less able to be abused. Is that correct? That's true. I mean, people have tried a lot of different things, but just taking one of those formulations itself won't change whether the person is addicted, but uh, it does change how much of a high the person gets or how much of the drug a person gets at any given time. The hope is that if people are going to uh, overdose, whether it's accidentally or otherwise, that, that that risk will become lower. And and these drugs that we're talking about, the Oxycontin and the Vicodin and the Roxycodones and all that, these are opiates, aren't they? Yes. Yes, some of them are naturally occurring and some of them are synthetic. And and so they have a similar effect as heroin, which is an opiate. Would that be correct? Yes, that's true. So heroin is one of the naturally occurring ones, and then these are uh, synthetic ones for the most part. There was, um, you know, I, I've worked for 20 years in addiction recovery, Dr. Debbie, and, and um, when the when the pill mills, as they were called in the state of Florida, started to get closed down, many of the addicts who were pain pill addicts started switching back or for the first time switching to heroin because they couldn't get the number of pills they needed on a daily basis to keep their fix going. Yeah, I believe it because I've actually had that happen a few times where patients where we try to have a discussion about addiction, uh, they sometimes say to me, if you don't prescribe me these pills, you're going to put me on the street and I'm going to be using heroin again. So, you know, so it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit different because just by saying that itself, it shows something different that, um, you know, the person is not necessarily thinking about it in terms of pain, but just needing to have the drug and doing whatever it takes, whether it's legal or illegal to get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah and ladies, and, and you know what, and, and, and Dr. Debbie, I, I think you, you, you might agree with me at this one, too, and, and because, you know, when I, when I see someone going through an opiate withdrawal, it's nasty. Yeah. It's, there's shakes, there's vomiting, there's nausea, they can't sleep, they're sweating, it's, it's a mess, isn't it? Yes, yes. 
there are I, things we can do. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, no. I was going to say I, I just I would not want to be in those shoes. I mean, I would I would not ever want to be in those shoes because they can go on for six, seven days and longer. Um, but you were saying there's things that you could do to help with the withdrawals. Yeah, there are things that can be done to help with the withdrawals. I mean, usually psychiatrists who do detox are uh, more specialized in doing that. But the irony is actually I worked with someone in the past when I was training. He was an anesthesiologist. He used to run these clinics, which were specifically for withdrawal. So we'd have people come in, uh, you know, for to kind of detox off opiates and stuff, the prescription opiates. But what he found, he actually put them under anesthesia or kind of sedated them throughout the time of the withdrawal, so maybe a week. So they would kind of wake up after a week without remembering the withdrawal, without having any real discomfort. And he thought that that was the best way to kind of take care of the pain. So they're kind of, it's out of their system. They don't necessarily have that physical craving anymore. But he found that it really didn't change the outcome because uh, if you psychologically crave the drug and you want it, even if the withdrawal has passed and the physical yearning has passed, you'll you'll still try to get it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it's an amazing, obviously, it's a pain pill. It's a numbing, and any type of numbing substance numbs us not just physically but emotionally. So someone who has some pretty deep emotional pain that might be surrounded or associated with the physical, maybe not, is going to want to continue to use so they don't have to deal with life. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And they could have both physical pain and have an addiction at the same time. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Devi. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. After these messages, we're going to come back and talk about how do you know the difference between someone who's on regular pain medicine is doing fine and someone who's leaning towards addiction. How do you know the difference and what do you do? And what about alternative healing to help decrease the pain that someone has? one 800 DrDevi.com is the website. D-O-C-T-O-R-D-E-V-I.com. DrDevi.com. Check her out. We love her. She's amazing. And we're going to come back with her in just a moment. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. 1-800-548-8255. Go to TalkDavid.com. Click on the XM link to view all of our guests. And their websites are right there. I'm David Essel. Stay tuned. To the Hall of Fame show, positive Hall of Fame show, David Essel alive. Welcome aboard 1 800 548 8255. 800 548 8255. Listening to us on XM, XM 246. If your friends do not have XM 246, they can listen to us live via the internet, free stream, talkdavid.com, or you can listen to all these shows at any time archived. At talkdavid.com. We're talking with Dr. Devi, uh, assistant professor, NYU School of Medicine, director of Interna- interventional pain management for the Department of Veterans Affairs in New York. Dr. Devi, what separates and what, where is the, the starting point to know that someone is addicted to pain pills? Is, is there like a threshold across that you say, here they aren't, now they are? 
really a clear threshold, and you can't really tell from a number of pills. And the main thing that you're going to look at is what the effect is on the person. So one person could take Vicodin or oxycodone, let's say, and it actually helps them to function. So they think it helps them with their pain. They can actually go back to work or do whatever else they have to do around the house or otherwise, and maybe their relationships are getting better because since their pain is under control, you know, they're able to actually participate in their relationships and do a better job. So in that case, we would say that's a successful treatment for pain. But in another person or even in the same person at a different time, if they take the pill and, you know, maybe they think it's sort of helping their pain, but they're not sure, they might just say that, you know, um, it's kind of keeping it under control, but it's not really treating it. And then if they say that their function's getting worse, so maybe they lost their job or they find it hard to do their job or they're having difficulties at home or with their relationships, it doesn't mean automatically that they're addicted, but it means that something might be going wrong. They're having negative effects from the drug, and if they continue to crave it, even if it's harming them, then that would definitely be a sign that someone is addicted. And can someone take a pain medicine for life and be okay with that? Well, it's interesting that you ask that because we, we generally think that it should be okay as long as that equation remains the same, that people continue to benefit from the drugs and they should be able to keep taking it. But there actually isn't that much data on it because it's, it's relatively a new thing that people started taking opioids or opiates for, for pain uh, for long periods of time. In the past, this wasn't really available to people. So uh, we actually haven't seen how long people can take them before, before there might be a problem. Uh, we do know that these drugs kind of cause changes in the brain, and so as it changes the brain, you do need more of it over time because you're developing right. a tolerance. So yeah. that can happen to someone whether or not they're addicted, and they can also go through a withdrawal whether or not they're addicted because the body does have um, changes that make it more, make it crave the drug just physically. But so we say that you really have to look at what the other effects are on the person overall. How is their life going as a result of the drug? And why, Dr. Debbie, why, why are the opiates, why, why the Vicodin and the Roxycodone, why are they so addictive in nature? What is the, what is it, is it, is it, well, I know there's a physical addiction. Is, is the physical addiction more powerful than the emotional? Is it like, do people get such a feeling that the addiction is more emotional than physical? Can you tell me why this group of drugs are so abused? Well, I think there's two things. So I think the first thing is that uh, in our brain, so every single cell in the brain has these receptors. So basically, they grab the drug as it's in the blood, and then they pull it into the cell, and that's how it has its effect. So the brain actually has ways of protecting itself because it doesn't want to have an overdose. So what it does over time as you take it is it destroys those receptors. And that's why people need more and more and more of the drug to get the same effect because it's not working anymore. The brain's already destroying these receptors to try to protect itself from an overdose. So there is kind of that feeling that you do need more and more, um, and it's really powerful. Then the second thing is that because it's prescription painkillers, and a lot of times people are getting it prescribed by their physician or they, they believe they're taking it for their pain, it makes it very hard to tease it out. If you're taking an illegal substance, you at least might have some idea in the back of your mind that this is a problem. What You know, you may not change your behavior. <laughs> yeah, you may not change your behavior, but you do think that something is not right. But if someone's <laughs> prescribing you the, the medication and telling you it's for your pain, then it's a little bit more murky, especially because you might have pain and you might have an addiction. So it's very hard to tell right. 
oh, what am I taking it for this time? Maybe I, I have both. I have physical pain and I have emotional pain. So right, I think right, that's right, what right, makes right. it difficult. We, we've got a, a, three, a little less than three minutes. Alternatives that you really believe in to help with chronic pain, um, you know, uh, electrical stimulation, acupuncture, massage, physical therapy. What, what are some of the alternatives that you, Dr. Debbie, as an expert in this arena, believe in? So I definitely think that a combination of treatments is the most effective. If you want to have physical treatments like physical therapy, exercise, for some people yoga is helpful, but you want things that strengthen the body and kind of uh, just generally keep your strength and flexibility up. You also want to do things that help you with other strategies so that you can be distracted from the pain or think about other things because what happens to a lot of people is when they're in pain, they get really anxious and that makes the pain worse. And we generally find that when people are more stressed out, that makes any type of pain or any other kind of condition worse. So you want to get treatment for that as well. And then depending on the type of problem, you know, there may be things that can be done to treat it, whether it's injections or surgery or otherwise. But it really depends on the, uh, you know, the entire situation. One thing I will say is that we make the mistake of looking for uh, cures for the pain automatically, but we don't actually think about treatment for the addiction a lot of times. So if someone's on a large dose of pain medication and it's for their pain but there's signs of addiction, the thing is the person has to get treated for both both diseases. Otherwise, right. uh, if, you treat the, if you treat the pain alone, the addiction's untreated and they're not going to feel well. If you only focus on the addiction and don't focus on the pain, they're still going to be under a lot of stress and misery because their pain is untreated. Yeah. And you know what? That that puts a lot of pressure on the physician because physicians can't, most physicians can't be an expert on everything. They can't be an expert on addiction recovery and pain management. So that's a lot of pressure on physicians, isn't it? It is pressure, but what we try to do now, especially, uh, you know, uh, in multidisciplinary pain centers, is we try to have a team of people that have expertise in different things, and then they work together and they work with the patient. Because the more the patient understands, uh, the more likely things are going to be successful. If the patient feels like this is all being imposed on them or if they don't recognize that they might have an addiction, that makes it very difficult because it's all antagonistic. Uh, they're fighting right. the physicians then as well. You've been listening to Dr. Debbie talking about pain pill addiction. If you want more information, visit her website at drdevi.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-E-V-I.com. Of course, this show right now will be archived and on our website, talkdavid.com, around 10 o'clock, no later than 10 o'clock tonight. So if you have friends who might be on that verge, or maybe you do know that they have an addiction to pain pills, encourage them, send them the link to talkdavid.com so they can listen to the show themselves. Dr. Debbie, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Love having you on the show. Hello, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Have a great night. Okay, you too. Okay, bye-bye. 1-800, and don't forget, visit her, Dr. Debbie, D-O-C-T-O-R, Debbie.com, D-O-C-T-O-R, Debbie.com. Here with you, rocking every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Much more coming back. Quick break. We'll be back giving you information to help you become more alive in every area of your life. Ah, 
Uh, this reminds me of college. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. Thank God, I'm not there anymore. I'd like. I mean, not that I wouldn't love to go back to college, but oh my lord. Think I kissed a guy forgot. It's 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. David Essel in the box with you. America's positive radio talk show. Hey, how would you talk to your lover, your partner, about a large weight gain in a short period of time and that it was turning you off sexually? Have you ever been in that situation? I'm going to read you this email. Have you ever done that? Have you ever had a talk to your partner like in a short period of time, they gain a lot of weight, you're losing your interest in being intimate with them, and you go, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? 1-800-548-8255. Have you been there? Did you choose just to let it go, and did you find a way to not allow that affect your sex drive? 1-800-548-8255. What do you think about that? Interesting, isn't it? Here's a, let, let me read this to you. David, this is very touchy. I've dated this awesome guy for two years. When we met, we were both in amazing physical shape. I'm a very visual person, and so is he. He stopped working out six months ago and has gained easily 40 pounds. He's only five foot six. I do not believe I'm a shallow person, but I am a very visual person. I have said nothing to him so far, but it is turning me off in the bedroom. How do I tell him this? How would your listeners tell their lovers that while they still love them, they want the visual part back? Our sex drive has suffered greatly. I know he has lost confidence. Please do not say this is a shallow thought. I'm not going to say it's a shallow thought. What would you do? Call me, 1-800-548-8255. What would you do in this circumstance? How would you tell your partner? That they that the weight gain that's happened, and this one seems to be in his control. You know, if someone has a medical condition or a surgery and they're gaining weight, we're not talking about that. We're talking about someone that through choice, they may be under stress or whatever else, but through choice, they've gained a lot of weight in a short period of time. Have you been honest with your partner? Have you been in that situation and were you honest with them? And was the result good? Was the result not good? What would you tell this woman to do? 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. You can text us at 941-266-7676. 941-266-7676. Would you be willing to be honest with your partner and say, you know, i got to tell you something, honey. In the last six, what'd she say, six months here, um, you've gained 40 pounds, and I have been delaying making love to you. I have lost my sexual drive with you. I, would you be willing to be that brutally honest? Do you think that's what it takes in this circumstance, in this situation? Or do you think that you would just let it go and hope that they would find a way to get back into the gym and do what they needed to do to lose the weight? Have you been in that situation? Did you talk honestly to your partner? Did it work? Did it not work? 1-800-548-8255. She starts it out by saying, David, this is a very touchy situation. Hell yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. It's a very touchy situation. Do we, in, in your relationship that you have right now, if this were to happen, do you think... You have such a strong relationship communication-wise that you could actually t- say the truth, tell the truth. This woman has not told the truth to her partner yet. 
But what about you? Do you think you would have the strength and the courage to talk openly and honestly with your partner? And how would you start it off? And where would you do it? And what if they rejected your thoughts? What would you do next? 1-800-548-8255. A text just in, we won't mention the city, although they mentioned the city. I'm not going to because this is pretty sensitive. Um, Been married for five years. The same thing happened to my wife. I am more than petrified to talk to her about it. Anytime the subject comes up, I actually am the one to stop it because I know it's going nowhere fast. I guess I just have to live with it. Whoa. 1-800-548-8255. So this guy, married short period of time, he's afraid to be honest because he thinks she's going to lose it. So he just is being quiet. Would you do the same thing? 1-800-548-8255. Do you have so much confidence in yourself that you would be willing to say the truth? Uh, here's another text. And if you want to text us, it's 941-266-7676-941-266-7676. Four years ago, I mentioned to my wife that I thought we should both start working out together. She looked at me and said, you think I'm getting fat, don't you? It's the last conversation we've had, and she's gained more weight since then. She told me that if I really loved her, I wouldn't judge her physical appearance. But her whole physical appearance has changed radically, and it's due to overeating. What would you do in these situations? Now, here's two people, two men that have texted us with this challenge, and they both have obviously backed down. Would you back down? 1-800-548-8255. Let's go to Tennessee. Larry, you're on with David Essel. Hey, David. How you doing? He's evil. Hey, Larry, good. What, 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 what do you think about this topic? Oh, David, I mean, that's, that's a very interesting topic. Uh, if it was me, I mean, I haven't had a problem, but it was, if it was me, you know, I would try to encourage the person to go back to the gym. And the way I would do it, I would be creative. Like, you know, I would say, oh, well, why don't we just go to the gym? You take me to the gym. You know, it's going to be like a partner thing. Take me to the gym. Let's, you know, let's work out a little bit. And then from here, we go to lunch. Oh, let's go to the gym, and then I'll cook you that favorite meal you like. Or let's go to the gym, come back, you know, take a hot shower, and then, you know, you know, something like that, you know, to encourage it, you know, milk them into wanting, you know, reward them for going to the gym. And if the person really loves you and the person really cares about your feelings and stuff like that, gradually, they will, you know, they will, you know, try to, you know, get there and and uh, and, and do what you need to do. But uh, first of all, I mean, I don't know why they decided to stop, you know, you know, training. Right. Like you said, you know, now, Larry, yeah, Larry, well, let, let me let me ask you this question. Let me ask you. So if you're with your partner and they had gained quite a bit of weight and you were being very soft and kind and loving, toll free number 800-548-8255. And you were being very kind and loving and saying, you know, let's go to the gym. Let's work out together and I'll cook healthy food and all this. And if they said no. And if they said no, you know what, Larry? No, you know, Larry, I'm not a gym person. I don't really feel like exercising. Would you have the strength, do you think, in that circumstance to say, hey, honey, I have to share this with you. In the last three to four months, and we'll say what this woman's going through, in the last three to four months, you have gained a lot of weight, and I'm having a hard time visually having that attraction that I've always had. Larry, would you be able to say that to your partner? No, I won't say that, but I would, you know, go to therapy and say it, to, you know, to therapy. Oh, oh. The key is you have to say it in, in, in a loving way. 
if you say it just like that to them, you don't know what they're going through. I mean, and the right. part of what is, you know, the, the, the letters, you know, the, the lady said, she, the person was in physical shape before. So if my, you know, if my partner was in physical shape before and all of a sudden it just dropped out, you know, there's more yeah. some problems. So I will, you know, go to the pastor or a therapist and then we can have a loving conversation like that. Wow. Larry, I love that. Larry, I love that. Go to a therapist. Go to a minister. Get a mediator to talk about the problem. Larry, you rock. Great job. Thank you so much for the call, my man. Okay, let's go to Mark in Texas, from Tennessee to Texas. Mark, you're on with David Essel. Hi, David. How you doing? Hey, Mark. Good. What's on your mind here? Love your show. Um, Thank you. What you were asking about the guy who said his wife said, if you love me, then you won't care about my physical appearance. Well, right. if he really loves her, he would want her to feel good about herself. He would want her to be healthy. So, yeah, I would say something. How would you, how would you phrase it, Mark? Just like that. I love you. I know you don't feel good about yourself. This could be a health issue. I want, I want you to live a long time. We're going to have a happy life together. But you have to, you've got to do something. And I will help you any way I can. But you have to act. And then, Mark, if, if your partner then said, you know, thank you so much for being concerned, and I really appreciate you, honey, but I'm fine. I'm comfortable with the body I have. Where would you go next? Well, I would still continue to encourage her, but I, if I truly loved her, then, yes, I would continue to support her. But I would, I would be encouraging. I would eat healthier. I wouldn't have available bad things to eat. You know, mm. I, would, I would do everything I could to encourage the good behavior. Okay, so you would be you would be the role model. So you would speak less and act more as a role model. But after the initial couple times of talking about it, if she turned you down, you'd let the conversation go and just be the role model for her. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I don't think I would. I think by by continuing to support that by being a leader, the conversation isn't gone. You're right. No, 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 no. It's it just has changed state from verbal to physical action. Right, but you you can't have a constant confrontation. That's no way to live a, a marriage. You know, there no, has. I, I don't. I guess I don't know what would happen after six months. I mean, um, I don't think I would be married to someone like that. <laughs> oh. Honest. Yeah, that's interesting. That is it. Okay, so so you're going to encourage up to a point, but let's say six months goes by and she chooses not to change her habits and she's gained 60 pounds, and at that point you'd say, you know what, honey, this is going to end. Yeah, something has to change. That's, something has to change. not healthy for either one of them. Yeah. yeah. Mark, thank you so much for the call. I loved it. 1-800-548-8255. Would you do the same? After these messages were coming back, would you do the same? Would you have the strength to say to your partner, and this is a, a weight gain by choice. This isn't a weight gain out of a medical reason. Would you have the strength to say, I'm going to help you, and after six months, if they kept refusing your help, would you say, you know what? You've gained so much weight. You're not taking care of yourself. I'm not physically attracted to you anymore. Would you be willing to be as strong as Mark from Texas and to say, I'm going to have to leave? I am going to have to leave you. I can love you, but I can't stay with you. Would you be able to do the same thing? Call me, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. We're going to come back with another Texas caller, and as well as you, get in the lineup, 800-548-8255, talkdavid.com for more about the show. I'm David Essel. Stay there. 
You are tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show, celebrating 22 years on the air. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Just go to Facebook, find our page, David Essel Alive, and like it. Seven days a week, we post motivational information to help you move ahead in life. If you want to listen to the show via a, your, your smartphone, iPhone, Android, join our text club. Just go to talkdavid.com, click on the XM logo, and scroll down the page, and you join the text club, and a link is automatically sent to your phone every Saturday. All you have to do is join it once, and every Saturday, a link is sent to uh, allow you to listen right there. 1-800-548-8255. We're talking about, and if you want to call in this topic, we got tons of information coming in about a woman who's dating a guy for several years. Uh, he's gained 40 pounds in the last six months. He quit taking care of himself. He's five foot six, so 40 pounds is a lot of weight. She says, I'm not shallow, but I am visual, and I've lost all interest in our sex drive. Um, several texts, and if you want to text us, 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. Several people agree with Mark in Texas that they would encourage their partner who gained a lot of weight uh, married or even in a dating relationship would gain a lot of what they would encourage them. They would do everything they could. But if there was no interest on their partner to change, they would leave. This is shocking to me. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying it's shocking. They would absolutely leave. Um, Another guy texted in, actually a guy and a woman, I'll tell you this, the, the, the both of them, uh, a guy texted in and says marriage is for life. Even if they gain 100 plus pounds, you must stay because that's the commitment made. Uh, a woman texted in and saying, not only is marriage for life, she must have been reading, or maybe this is the, the guy's wife, because <laughs> they started it out the same. Not only is marriage for life, but I would want to find out what the emotional challenges my partner was going through and get them psychological help if there was no physical uh, issues. And I agree 100% with that. But would you, would you be able to talk honestly with your partner? Like, that's such an interesting question, isn't it? Um, I, let, let me give you my thoughts on this. Number one, be honest. Like, first of all, I wouldn't wait six months and have him gain 40 pounds. He's five foot six. 40 pounds is a lot of weight. I wouldn't have waited this long, honey. If I was you, I know you can't reverse the, the past, but I surely would be jumping on it right now. Be honest. Um, ask yourself why you've waited so long. Were you afraid of him rejecting you? Were you afraid of him being upset with your honesty? Because we really, that's all we have in a relationship. When people ask me what the definition of honesty is, or, or intimacy, like what's the number one definition of intimacy? It's called honesty. If you want to be incredibly intimate with your partner, in loving ways, you share things that maybe are scary to share. In loving ways. And you set them up. You know, here's something else I always tell people. Don't just blast someone with whatever's going on. Like, don't blast them with something, rumors, or don't blast them with the weight issue. Don't just come out with their guns blaring. Um, But be loving. I want to say something. I'd like to share something with you, and I'm I'm a little nervous. I'm afraid. I just want to tell you I'm scared to talk about this topic. I, I want to let you know that ahead of time, you know, because then we're sensitive, and they see that we're sensitive. But you've got to be honest. Um, if you're not honest, resentments build. And so right now your resentments have already built, honey, because you have no interest in having sex with him. You've cut back your sexual approach to him as it went on later in the email. So there's resentments there. And that's what happens when we're not honest. We've got to break through that. Um, but the last thing I'm going to say about your topic and your email is that you're not shallow at all. 
Some people are incredibly visual. Some people are simply tactile. There's all kinds of different things. And if you're really visual and that's important and that's one of the reasons, maybe a main reason, that you were attracted to him two years ago, you cannot, cannot let that go without conversation. one 800 548 Let's see, David, earlier in the show, you talked about extended lovemaking. Yes, the delay of orgasm. For guys, it is a key. It is a key. Uh, I'm a 26-year-old female. What is the difference between love and lust? I have dated a guy for 30 days. We are crazy about each other, but not sure what this all means. So let me share with you. Lust is primal. It's beautiful. Lust is beautiful. Lust is primal. Lust is wonderful. You know, so many people go, oh, my God, if you lust after your partner, that's sick. That's an addiction. Hell no. Hell no. Lust, the definition, do you know what the definition of lust is? Strong sexual desire, period. That's what lust is, strong sexual desire. Now, if you have strong sexual desire over every person that walks by, that's an issue. Okay, then we can look at that as a sexual addiction. Absolutely. But lust itself is primal, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, and it's often where deep love gets its start. But lust by itself is selfish. If it's lust alone that's not leading to a loving relationship, it's selfish. Lust then becomes all about me. I want gratification. I want to be pleasured. I want to be pleased. I want whatever I want. I want your body. And if you're not willing to give it to me, then mm, maybe I don't need you. You know, like that would be lust, right? Love is shown through our actions, how we treat each other along with our words, but the actions are everything. Lust is a strong sexual desire, and love can and is great and even enhanced if we have a strong sexual desire, if we lust after our partner. Oh, my gosh. And then you add into this respect, communication, friendship, honesty, bingo. So, yes, honey, 26 years old, you've been with them for 30 days, you're crazy about each other. So here's the question. Do you guys respect each other? Are you honest? Do you feel cared for? Does he feel cared for? Do you feel nurtured? Does he feel nurtured? See, that's the difference because lust plus love is wonderful. Lust on its own can just be a high sexual attraction, but if there's not the respect and communication, then it might just be lust. So look at your relationship and see. Great question. 26-year-old. I love it. Setting yourself up for a life of success in relationships by asking that question right now. You truly are. Um, Hey, don't forget. I am so excited. Don't forget our Life Mastery Weekend Workshop, July 27th to 28th, Fort Myers, Florida. If you can't come to Fort Myers, you can take the workshop via Skype from anywhere in the world. We're going to give you the secret, the most powerful goal-setting technique in the world. We're going to give you the reasons why we do not master life, how we can master life, plus at the end of the 10 hour weekend workshop, you will receive a 30-day at-home program. Join us in person in Fort Myers, Florida, or fly in, make a vacation out of it, or take it via Skype. And whatever way you want to do it, go to talkdavid.com and look for our link, Life Mastery Weekend Workshop. Life Mastery Weekend Workshop at talkdavid.com. Join us. It'll be the most powerful weekend of your life. I guarantee it. Hey, until next week, be bold, be strong, be positive, and fill your world with love. I'm David Essel. See you later.